0: Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. As you listeners know... I am locked in right now to the home stretch of this twenty twenty one college tennis season, the men's and women's division one singles and doubles events happening this week in Orlando. And of course, it's the final week of this season, and what a privilege it has been for me to be able to be on the call with our friends over on the Tennis One app. Worth reminding all of you listeners, you can catch each and every match remaining of this Division One event within the Tennis One app. It's been such a privilege for me to get to work with people like Andy Katz, Mark Lucero former University of Miami coach Laura Velverdu, and so many others who have taken the time to join us to celebrate the end of another fantastic college tennis season. But of course, just because I'm locked in on college tennis doesn't mean action in the pro tennis world stops. And of course, we here at Crack Rackets not only want to, but feel obliged to provide all of you listeners an update on where things stand. And in particular, you look at what's coming down the pipeline, folks. The French Open starts in six days, and I won't lie, personally, I've got some catch-up to do. I still am catching up on some of the Rome, some of the Madrid results, what happened last week as well. Coco Golf, Stefano Cizipas, Paulo Bedosa, Gilbert, and others finding their ways to success. But. Look, the big event happening this week, it's French Open Qualifying Week. And so many of those players competing in qualifying, you're going to see week in, week out competing on the ATP Challenger Tour. Now, the good news is ATP Challenger Tour content, we've got that unlocked here at Cracked Rackets. That's where our friends Damien Kust, Jakub Babro come in. Each week, they update you on the latest developments happening at the Challenger level. And this week, is it going to be an exception? They've got another fantastic podcast for all of you listeners today on this show. They're going to talk about the prospects. Of Polish tennis, I know that's a topic near and dear to Damien's heart. They're going to talk about nepotism in tournament wild cards, and then they're going to talk about the ascension of Carlos Alcaraz, the continued ascension. One of the youngest players in ATP Tour history, one of the youngest players in the past century to crack the top one hundred. He does that this week by earning his first one hundred twenty-five k title. Of course, Tenasi Kokonakis, gaining some momentum ahead of Roland Garros qualifying as well. All of that and so much more. All. Found on today's podcast. Of course, the reason we're able to do this day-in, day-out here at Cracked Rackets, in particular here on this Great Shot podcast, is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Cracked Rackets Patreon family, and of course... From our friends at Turner Tennis, you guys know the deal. Turner Grips, the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. Its performance in hot and humid conditions is unmatched. And did you know that color, that iconic bluish purplish hue is trademarked? Well, it is. And it can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros and yours as well if you want to join the Turn of Tennis family, you can call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by contacting sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. You let them know Crack Racket sent you. Not only will we appreciate that, but again, they'll throw in some free samples, treat you like family as well. So again, email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. But with that in mind, and without further ado, let's get to another ATP Challenger recap pod with our friends Damien Kust and Jakub Babra.
1: Welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. Uh, once again, I'm joined by my friend Jakub, and as this week is actually going to be very interesting for uh, very, you know, it's going to be a very important week for many of the players that we actually talked about in the in the previous weeks. Uh, I am going to ask you to start off. Uh, how big are you on slam qualities? Like, is it your favorite part of the, of the slam or is it just, you know, something that has to be done, something that has to be played out, but let's just give, let just give me the real thing.
2: I quite like slam qualities. I, I just love them a lot more. Well, I basically went through a period of absolutely loving them when I was into tennis, 100% committed watching everything. Um, then, then I took a little step back. Now I'm watching challenges more, so I'm very, very excited for this time quality. I post the thread about who I want to qualify from each section, <laughs> so I have my favorites for each one. Um, so I'm very excited for the for the longer qualities.
1: Cool. I, I missed that thread. I will surely check that after <laughs> after we finish. Uh, yeah i think uh, what you said that, that watching challengers gets you super excited from for some qualities because these are pretty much the same players and these are the the most important weeks of their years because just you know, the money and the points they can they can they can win is so unbelievable compared to what they usually do uh as, as i mentioned to you before before we started uh, one uh fantastic listener betty from from Belgium she wrote to me that we were mispronouncing team van Rijthoven. we were saying no let let, you know let's not say how we were pronouncing it before but it's (laughs) gonna be team team van Rijthoven from now on he also has a a recording of how, how he says it on the on his atp profile i did i never checked that because i assumed that players you know that it only yeah, those, I, I, I uh, assumed he was too, too low ranked. Yeah, for that, me too. But, he, he he but, it. <laughs> but it turns out that he has it too, and, and and he says it like that. But he wasn't lying. So uh, so thanks for thanks for calling <laughs> us out. Uh, we always uh, we always are. are we going more.
2: to talk by right of then? Listen to find out. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. <laughs> it's
1: possible today. Uh, yeah, we're probably gonna mention him, right? And anyhow, we also had a, a listener question uh, again mm-hmm. from Jan. And let me find it. I really should have pulled it up before that. Okay, uh, who do you think will be the next to join Joke regularly on the Challenger Tour, as in in the you know, polls on the Challenger Tour? And he also suggested a few, uh, like Daniel Michalski or Filip Kolasiński. And he's also asking uh, what is happening right now with Filip Kolasiński. Uh, I know you like a certain poll that's. Maybe not playing singles a lot, but he's gone he's featuring on the challenger tour. He's featuring
2: there, right? Yeah, I mean I, I have a couple of answers. I'll obviously let you take the main uh part of that question, which is probably about Daniel Michalski, who I don't know a whole lot about. But yeah, Jan Zielinski, Challenger Tour, um double star, pretty much. <laughs> very, very good, uh, still quite young for a doubles player. He he has a singles ranking. I think he's about 16 points or 15 points in the singles. So I'm not sure how committed to that he is. I've prepared a couple of other answers. Um, obviously, Yezhenovic, if he comes back, that would be the obvious answer. Um, he would he, like I, I, Even if he doesn't come back to at his full power, he'll always be dangerous on indoor, on grass, on carpet, the, the, those sort of fast surfaces. I also want to take a look at Wojciech Marek, who I remember from juniors a little bit he got up to number 35 he's not been doing great he's number 664 not really been able to break through at the futures this year he's only midway one semifinal but he is still only 19 so i feel like the potential is still there and maybe you know he'll become a bit of a late, late bloomer and figure out uh how to get onto the challengers
1: yeah uh I also wanted to mention Marek. He, I think he made the final last year uh, at one ITF. I can't remember what it was, but anyhow, uh, he, as you, as as you mentioned, he had a lot of success in juniors, played the slams and all, and I think that's definitely can be uh, a future challenger player. As for Daniel Michalski, I actually don't understand how he's not a challenger level player. Oh, no. uh, it, last summer, when you know there was no professional tennis, we've had that whole big Polish exhibition tour, and he was very dominant there. I mean, he's he he, he he doesn't have a lot of weapons, but his defense is absolutely ridiculous. I've seen him play against some, you know, some players who are kept attacking and just kept getting incredibly frustrated and how everything was coming back. Uh, Honestly, he's been kind of screwed up by the pandemic because before that, he had a ranking of like 440. And before before COVID, that was actually allowing him to play some challengers. Like, obviously, not every week, but he played one outside of Poland only. Uh, He managed to do that in February in Bergamo, made the third round even. And then, you know, Bergamo was the one where the final wasn't even played yeah. because of COVID. COVID, I think, Enzo Kukoc and Machenko doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. But <laughs> uh, anyway, right now he can't get into anything. He has to be stuck on the on the ITF level, and it's really hard to gather a lot of points from that. Uh, yeah, I think he was signed up for this week's or well, next week's or this week's OI Rush four event. Uh, I don't know how you want to call it since we're going to be releasing them on the Monday, but anyhow, he was like the 10th alternate for the qualies. So mm. it wasn't far off, but, you know, Challenger 50 theoretically was supposed to help players like that because we still have less events, both on the, on both tour level and, well, tour level, maybe not so much actually, but Challengers, which is going to end soon because as, as we know, there are these huge five blo- five week uh, five tournaments per week, uh you know coming so that's maybe going to change i hope that he can he can maybe enter something in that in that period uh, but he's definitely playing at least on clay at a, at a much better level than his ranking currently is Philip uh, Krasinski went to college in the States to Stanford, and that's why he's not been showing up that that much on the on the on the pro circuit. Uh, actually, Jan also mentioned in his question a, a certain match in Szczecin in 2019 against Luis Vessels that he won. Uh, and that was actually the last event Kolashinski played before going to the States. That was like, he, I think if he went to the semis or the quarters, he would have to cancel his ticket and, and fly later. <laughs> so uh, he didn't. He lost, I think, to Facundo Arguello. And but he, he's also really promising he came back from from the states to Poland to play these these Polish events last year as well and and he was he, he looked great. he defeated some great polish players like Paweł Cha, for example. Cha is also not also a name that I could f- theoretically see on the Challenger tour in a in not some uh, but but he has to do it right now because he's like 27 and he's struggling for money. And he's playing basically like ten, five events per year. Uh, this year in February, he was in the final at Sharnul Sheikh uh, at an ITF, lost to Izzy Lehechka. The final is actually very easy for Leheczka, but, but I think he's. Charge definitely has the potential, but he would have to play a full schedule, and he currently cannot do that. Uh, so probably yeah, Wojciech Marek is probably our best bet. Maybe Michalski if he finally gets up, uh, gets his ranking up. There's also a, a lot of uh, juniors after Marek, like 16, 17 years old that are that are coming. And the most promising, I think, you know, it would be pointless to just rattle out names but Max Kaśnikowski defeated Hubert Hurkacz last year at, at Polish National Champs. Ooh. Yeah, he's 17, I think, now. He was 16 back then. Uh, he's, he's already made a Davis Cup debut, too. Uh, right now, he's just making his first steps on the ITF circuit. I know his big plan was to play in all the Grand Slam Juniors events. I don't think he has... I think he's missing one, So 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 he's still going to play some juniors but this is someone that that we're looking at especially after after that hurkacz win hurkacz came from the states like a couple days before and then had to play clay certainly wasn't too well prepared but it's still he it was still an incredible win for him and and that's certainly someone that we're that we're expecting to be a, a challenger player at least uh that would be very disappointing if he didn't okay uh so i guess we can leave polish tennis for for now uh, or do you have
2: anyone else uh, no, no i I was just thinking about you know those pandemic national tours that were happening last year that were very, very interesting. yeah, we had one in Slovakia, which I think it had a bit of a fault where they had eight events ready, but they spread them out too far to the point where the where the last two events were actually going going on while the tour was restarting. Mm-hmm. so they had quite weaker fields but that, that, that was where Lukas Klein really really started to shine. Well, I mean he, he was shining already before in bratislava but re- really really shined in the in the big bratislava event which was even televised the final i mean which was mostly because Belinda Bencic was there <laughs> playing playing the women's um but yeah
1: interesting yeah, I mean, so many so many players broke out in these events like uh, Adrian andreev in in in, in was it Florida okay. but I can't remember. Oh, oh no, I'm Florida. saying where, where they played. I can't remember the city. Yeah. Uh but but uh, in Portuguese events, Nuno Borges also also had his first big success on the pro tour. Uh one more thing that that I wanted to say was that for all these Polish players, the obviously the summer is going to be extremely big. Uh we already have uh, a similar tour announced although now it's going to be of professional events of ITF and challenger events. For now, we've got Szczecin and Poznan as challengers. So you know guys like Michalski. Kolaszynski, I don't know. It depends, I mean, what, what 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 relationships he has there, but I mean Michalski has to get wild cards for 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 these, right? So Kolaszynski, I think, had a very solid run at ITF Poznan last year. So probably he should get a wildcard as well, I guess so so th- this is going to be the the moment of the year where they can safely uh enter a, a main draw at the challenger and then you know the, the, the get the points that for example for winning a challenger you've got what 80 points let's say i i'm not sure stretching is going to be a 125 but i'm not sure poznan is a, it's a hundred i believe and and you know in order to get that in itf events you would have to win like eight weeks it's mm-hmm. absolutely impossible and, and it, it, it's a struggle it's a it's really a struggle so so these these two opportunities at least two opportunities to play challengers are going to be very important for the for the next wave of polish players to enter challengers but it's it's so much more interesting following cha- the the challenger tour right now for me when there's actually someone Maybe the, maybe it's just Kasper Schuk, but he, it's just so much better to follow when when there's at least anyone for you. We've got Molzan and Klein, which which has to be great too.
2: Yeah, and then the other guys, you know, Kovalik, Horansky, oh uh, yes, Martin Gombosch sometimes Klijan, probably for the last year. Well, he's not said anything, but I feel like it's it's probably time for him. klejan yeah, I mean, he, he he talked about it in the end of 2019 as well, and decided mm-hmm. to continue his career and he's just not been good
1: yeah he's, i think he's playing taberner in the in the first round of the qualities yes yeah yeah that's gonna be tough uh anyhow that was a very lengthy introduction but <laughs> you know you asked me about polish tennis and that's what you're gonna get uh we also had a very interesting wildcard announcement for nottingham uh who is it <laughs> maybe you can uh, pass.
2: To Sir Andrew Baron Murray. Whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. it's actually not that exciting anymore, right? Because he's he's played a couple of these events in in the last. Well,
2: oh, no, I mean, like, it's, it's always exciting when he shows up. But it
1: is, I mean. Guys. But yeah. I I just remember what, what what a shock it was back in. I mean, the first one was crazy. Yeah, Mar- Marbella when he when Marbella someone in the Spain I, I think uh, so. someone in Spain Del
2: Viola or somebody right Yeah, he... Oh, no, he he, he, he played Gombosch at one point. Yeah, he
1: lost to Viola in, in round three, uh, defeated Gombosch in the second round mm. and defeated Imran Sibile or something like that from France in the first Ooh. round. I have never never seen him after that. Perhaps after lo- winning just one game of Maré, which isn't a bad, a bad achievement, you know. So many players would kill for a, one game against Maré, but after that he kind of descended into... I don't know what. Okay, uh, maybe we should just continue you know, go go to the events we we actually that actually happened because uh yeah, so and Biela and where should we start?
2: Let's let's go with with yeah. Um I mean, it was it's just too easy to predict nowadays. Carlos Alcaraz we both yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> we both got him. I get my first point, you get your second point. Um yeah, I actually predicted Bagnis in the final as well. Oh, uh, in, my, in my further down predictions. That's good. So to that, <laughs> myself.
1: That, that is impressive. That is impressive.
2: Um, but yeah, Alcaraz over Bagnis, six four, six four. I couldn't watch the actual match, unfortunately, because nowadays I work the weekends, which is very annoying for, for the for yeah. the purpose of this podcast. Um, but it it is his fourth challenger title, uh, and most importantly, it's it's the tournament, it's the title that gets him into the top one hundred. For Carlos Alcaraz now number ninety four, so it is most it is very likely that these Roger chall- uh, Challenger qualities, no girls <laughs> Qualies are the last time we see him play a Slam quality for quite a while.
1: <laughs> Definitely, I mean, it's still so, so late. Like the, the 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 rankings freeze made it so. I mean, he's like 50th in the race or something like that. If yeah, it w- he's if it w- very very good. He'd be in the top one hundred last year if it wasn't for all the stupid exactly. ranking system changes uh, i mean sorry i'm just very angry at, at that usually because mm. because just it's it made it even harder for young young players to to break through uh that's you know i, I feel like for our if you asked like almost every single fan of the challenger tour everyone would tell you that he was gonna win last week but having mm-hmm. bagnis in the mm-hmm. final is much more impressive not gonna lie uh we also had uh, talked about some Portuguese wildcards last time, and they pretty much all did very well. Nuno Borges made another quarter, and Castao Elias did too. I mean, it's pretty clear at this point that they're playing at a much better level than 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 their rankings, say. And exactly. They, 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 they actually both
2: lost to the finalists. Aye, so who, who knows <laughs> where they could have gone if they, if they got uh, a, a bit more of a luck in the draw.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's it's a big shame that they're only getting the chances to play, you know, mm-hmm. and Elias especially because Borges played played uh, played a few other events, but Elias is like he's like only playing in Portugal, it seems. Uh, but hopefully, that's gonna change soon. Uh, who else do we have in the draw? Nakashima had gave a really good match against Alcaraz. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. As we mentioned last week, his, his clay game continues to impress me because that, that, that's definitely not where he was last year or, or the year before.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I also highlighted uh Gaston, mm-hmm. who, who made the semis. A uh, solid run, uh, especially when you consider that he's been not great since he lost that Rome final to uh, Pellegrini. Yep, Pellegrini. Uh, Pellegrino Pellegrino. Yeah, so so he's been struggling a bit since then. Got a good run going, beating Zizu Bergs, Emily Gomez, Pedro Souza, and so on. So quite impressive. The the semis weren't so good, though. (laughs) No, no. Uh, It ended poorly (laughs) in winning two games against Bagnis. Yeah, that was pretty Uh, sad to watch, honestly. (laughs) Uh, I mean,
1: I'm not, not super excited about Gaston's talent at the moment. I mean... Maybe, maybe, maybe at Roland Garros once again he's gonna come back to his, to, you know, to the place where he broke uh, broke out as as a fantastic talent with that. Week yeah, of
2: I mean, and... he he doesn't have to defend the points, yet, does he? I don't. No. Is, is that how it works? I don't know yet. <laughs> Wait, this... it was
1: 2020, so probably not. Probably not. Yeah, he, he probably gets know.
2: him until 2020, which is big because I mean, if those points come off. <laughs> that would like be very difficult 180 yeah
1: what well, he ended th- up in I the forefront so. right
2: of course, so it yeah. would be 180
1: uh, uh, then he would fall like 100 places <laughs>
2: or something <laughs> like, like that. That. that that's never something um, that you want to see <laughs> yeah for you. yeah. Oh, 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 j- just a little more on, on Borges mm-hmm. um the the run that he had was quite impressive as we said beat uh Heilbronn Winner Zapata and then the fourth seed Pedro Martinez, both in straight sets before before losing to Bagnis, seven five in the third. So um, a much more better effort as opposed to Gaston against Bagnis. But yeah, Nuno Borja is really really impressive player, and I hope that we get to see him more regularly on the challengers.
1: I think we definitely will in in, in the case of him. I mean, he's just making. Made another player that should have should be ranked so much higher but because he's only making his first steps from after the the, the career at uh, in college tennis then he he's he also has that extremely hard con- conditions these extremely hard conditions to break through and and but he's getting there i mean the even the the, the run he had in at the tour level event in story was was fantastic uh, okay, so I guess we could go to Biela and we've got another point on point on the board. I mean, I'm very happy about it <laughs> because this is going to give me a lot of freedom right now. Like, I have a healthy lead so yeah. I can just go for <laughs> some crazy stuff. And, and that that's great. And also I've picked Tanasi Kokinakis three times and finally it's worked out. Three time it's was a charm out. for yeah. you.
2: yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a very good title for Kokinakis. Fifth uh on the challenges circuit first since October 2018 uh and also very important because it, it puts him up to number 180 which I mean it, it should mean that he won't really have to use that protected ranking on to enter challengers as much yeah. which is huge for him because he he was you know 237 a couple of weeks ago I remember when I first started the podcast I think that's that's when I that's where I saw him so to have a jump like this huge for him um, yeah, he also beat Enzo Kokod, who who shut me up because I was talking about his losing streak last time. <laughs> so yeah. he he definitely had a very good run this week.
1: Yeah, he was kind of an expert of uh, at throwing away second sets, but then coming back mm. to win three uh, <laughs> against Flatangelo and uh, Echeverri. He had match points in the second set. I I believe against both it was on serve also. And then he, then, he, then he let them go into the decider, but <laughs> picked it up there. I mean, such a weird season. I mean, he he won a challenger title in Gran Canaria, then then had a seven-match losing streak, and then another final. I know here. <laughs> Not sure what to think about it. I think he also got a... Yeah, he got a, a, a wild card for Landgaros, a main draw one. So that's going to be really interesting. There, yeah. What he does. I mean, eh, I think they only gave them to like... Top 200 players they had, plus Arthur Cazot, uh, obviously a, a great junior. So I think it's a fair, it's a fair shout from the from the French Federation, especially after this week. And they were actually handing it to it to him, you know, b- before they saw it. So, mm-hmm. uh, he definitely he must have impressed them in Gran Canaria. Talking of losing streaks. Uh, there was also that Bolt-Napolitano match. That was...
2: Yeah. <laughs> Napolitano won. So he's he's out of the, the hellscape of the however many losing streak. Uh, Bolt continues, though, unsurprisingly, always. <laughs> and, and I fully expect him to continue again at roland Garros Because <laughs> if, if you can't beat Napolitano, then you, who can you beat?
1: I can't remember, it's, but I think he had a, a very easy... like for him it's not easy but
2: was it mark um, paulmans that he has yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they're, they're definitely in the same section because yeah yeah it's very both
1: paulmans so both yeah. both australians who've been who have
2: been doing absurdly yeah. poorly paulmans Pol- 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 has been a little better yeah uh, he's, been, he's been able to win a match for <laughs> for a starter but he also had like
1: a nine match losing streak or something like that. yeah yeah he
2: he had one i remember i i I picked him as upset of the week when he finally beat like Blaszkawczyk or somebody. Yeah,
1: Blaszkawczyk <laughs> exactly in Ostrava, yeah. <laughs> Uh And it was nine before that one. So, yeah. Yikes. That's going to be struggle tennis and its finest. Just as it was here. <laughs> Actually, I remember, that was, I think Monday uh, when both Napolitano were playing. And at the same time I had uh, Gal Bonfis playing Thiago of wilt at Lyon. And both matches were <laughs> absolutely terrible. I mean, Monfils <laughs> was obviously also on a huge losing streak that he also yeah. snapped uh, in that one. And you know, Sablefield
2: has been struggling quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, Paolo Lorenzi was the number one seed. Unfortunately, lost to Echeverri uh, in straight sets. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see him next time. Um. Yeah, do we want to go into match and upset of the week?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I don't know if I have anyone else. Uh, it's always great to see Lorenzi, though. Uh I I have a funny story that I don't think I've told before, because this this year, uh, I made some sort of a tweet that uh, it was a joke that uh, I now know uh, who I want to be when I when I grow up and that I want to be Paolo Lorenzi because he <laughs> I think it was after he defeated Altmaier or someone in Antalya and actually uh, an Italian well he's a he's a producer uh, I'm sure you've seen him on Twitter and, and Enrico Maria Riva he's mm-hmm, a producer yeah. for 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 the ATP or, or I'm not sure who exactly hires him anyhow he uh, told me that he showed Paolo Lorenzi the the tweet <laughs> and that Lorenzi <laughs> wanted to thank him <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That wow, felt, that felt nice. Uh, I I remember I told him something like to uh, tell Paolo to continue being an inspiration. Ne- never
2: stop playing Paolo Lorenzi.
1: Yeah, that was that yeah. was amazing, and and it made me like the guy even more. <laughs> even if if, if that's, even that's if it awesome. wasn't him who you know. Who contacted me personally because he doesn't have Twitter yeah. or or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was quite awesome and and just convinced me that the, the 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 image of the guy that I had from from seeing him at a at a couple events live and from watching his matches was exactly how how he probably is in real life. Uh, so yeah, match of the week. What's your match of the week?
2: I went for Alcaraz Nakashima. Uh. <laughs> did, did, did you remember that one as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll let you talk about it more. I just wanted to quickly mention, you know, Nakashima was actually up four two in the second set, um, and I really, really thought that Nakashima was going to win. I, I was like watching the first two sets. I was, he's actually going to beat Alcaraz at this, at this tournament. That that it's crazy. Like how much he's improved. And of course, he's improved. Uh, Alcaraz obviously in the end pulled it out, but. Yeah,
1: what, what did you think about the match? Yeah, uh, I was kind of expecting that you were going to pick it too. I mean, maybe it wasn't. Uh, usually when we look for match of the week, we look for all these dramatic score lines like 7-6 in the third, 7-5 in the third. <laughs> but it, it wasn't that, but it was just extremely enjoyable. I mean, th- these are these matches when you just watch them and just think about the future. <laughs> like if that's, if, if that's what I'm going to watch for the next 10 years, then...
2: Yeah, very I mean, I'm taking
1: it. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I think I made some sort of a tweet that it, it kind of reminded me of when Alcaraz played Musetti last year at Trieste. That was also super enjoyable. Uh, it's a very common trend for these matches again between youngsters that the momentum is just jumping all over the place. That you really don't know what you're gonna get in the next game, in the next in the next moment. But very impressive from both. And and Alcaraz, as, as you mentioned, I also thought Nak- Nakashima was on the verge of winning it. But Alcaraz really ra- raised his level to, you know, to the to the third and, and towards the end of the second. And it was it was very reassuring to an extent because I mean I, I think for a for a guy like that who's keeps hearing that he's such a prodigy, that he's gonna be the mm-hmm. next Nadal or whatever. I mean he, he's had a few poor results so to speak i mean they weren't poor because he's seven no 18 you know since like yeah
2: know, for, since for like a week now. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh so he's 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 18 and they, they aren't really poor results and on on the main tour but they were still like second round exits something like that so i was kind of afraid for his confidence or something like that that he wasn't just gonna come back to char- the to the challenge tour and start defeating everyone but he he did. So yeah, very reassuring in terms of his yeah. his potential, I think, the whole week, but this much also. Uh and who did you go for in the upsets?
2: I decided to go for Gastel Elias over Federico 6 six four, four, six, six, four, uh, in the second round, which <sighs> Elias has been very good this year. But I don't think that he's really faced the opposition of, you know, top 100 level. And it was, uh, so I actually watched the third set between Korea and Molchan, where Korea just absolutely d- dismantled him. He, he would go toe to toe in rallies, and then he would just pull the trigger and pull out a winner, which I didn't know that Federico Korea played like that, <laughs> but, but he did against Molchan in that third set. Um, so yeah, for for Eliash to sort of continue that good form even against the players of that level was very impressive to me. And of course, he lost to Akaras the next round. So, what what can you do when you lose to the most talented player in that in the actual tournament? <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, for?
1: I don't know if you actually saw the quote from Elias that he that he made after. No. After Alcaraz, uh, after he lost to Alcaraz, but he he said that he's never seen anything like that. That he played Felix Ojeda when Ojeda uh, Simon was 17, and that it just doesn't compare. That Alcaraz is just the best he's ever seen. Well,
2: wow. like, that, not, not,
1: not, not that he's the best player that he's ever uh, competed against, but that you know that at 17 or well, 18, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, 17, that was... 18,
2: very yeah.
1: That at 18, he's never seen something like this and that he's just going to be a fantastic tennis player and you can't <laughs> really disagree. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a big believer in Gastão Elias. So uh, I wasn't that surprised by that. I actually didn't really know what to go for. I checked. Uh, I think this is going to be something that, I, that I'm going to do every week now. I was curious what was the most uh, you know, the most surprising one to the bookies. I checked uh, the odds mm. for every match. And actually, it turns out, odds-wise, it was Zsang over Koboli uh, in Biela. So that very was very interesting. interesting. And I think the second one was Nakashima over Huntman. Huh. Uh, but these odds, you know, they weren't like, you no, know, four to one or something like that. These yeah. were all close. I mean, it, it just turns out that there were pretty much no upsets on the Charger tour this week. I, I,
2: was, I was about to say, we, we need to start exploiting these bookies more. We need to, I mean, to make them pay for these mistakes because, like, to, to me, those both seem very 50 50.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, I think they just believed a bit too much to Kobo- in Koboli and then underestimated Nakashima on Kai. Uh, mm-hmm. I decided to go for Kuzmanov Mena, uh, as I mm-hmm. mentioned last week. Lamazin and Lamazin Kuzmanov that was also one of the one of the ones with the highest odds. Uh, Lamazin Kuzmanov was, as I mentioned, one my highlight of the first round. And I don't know, just watching a few matches from Dimitar Kuzmanov this year made me a huge believer in his in his potential. He's definitely playing the best tennis of his career. And after he defeated Lamazin, I just sort of expected him to steamroll to the to the quarters and he didn't so that was a surprise for me uh as I I think i mentioned that before but i'm definitely waiting for these five to five tournaments in a week uh (laughs) then then the upset is actually going to be an upset like not something that's just mildly surprises you Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i guess we can go to preview oh, i rush four we actually have just one event in the in the, yeah. in the in the upcoming pods to discuss
2: the the calm before the storm if you will <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> the,
2: definitely actually there's gonna the be
1: one more one more week right with two events and then yes yeah and then we're going straight at it okay <laughs> uh, at the iceberg like a, like a titanic okay
2: Two hour
1: um, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Once again we've we've got no uh, no wild cards, uh, you know over over 150 ranking. So, mm-hmm. well which is not a surprise given everyone is playing Ron Garrosquali's. We've got just one yeah. player who would get directly accepted, Matthias Borg, but he would uh, but he obviously received the wild cards to mm-hmm. to the main draw.
2: Yeah, higher swing player by quite a bit, but I'm not sure if either of us actually went for him. I definitely didn't go for him. I think no, no, that we neither, might have gone neither. for the same guy once again. Oh. But yeah, Borg, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, but yeah, Borg uh, plays Araujo. I haven't heard of him before in the first round, quite low ranked. But he plays Gastel Eliash in the second round, which is very, very difficult. We have a quite interesting first round of Holger Rune instead of of, no, uh, Holger Rune against Tim van Rijthoven. Yeah. Which is very, very interesting. Quite excited for that. Um, Something else that we have is I almost went for a qualifier, as you did with Baez, for my pick for Philip Christian Gianu, but I decided to not do that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Gianu is a potential qualifier still for this tournament. Um, oh, just, just quickly I wanted to mention, I saw I'm not sure if you, if you know something about this, but there's a match between Duje Adukowicz and Viktor Galovic in the first round and mm-hmm. Galovic has the protected ranking which I'm not sure when he acquired it because I looked at his results and the only time that he wasn't playing was during the actual pandemic like from February to August he didn't play. It's so, actually
1: possible, yeah, because he didn't play um, since February you say, right? So yeah. If he you know, filed that he had an injury before the pandemic, then there was actually an opportunity to get protected ranking. Uh, that's how also last year Kamil Shack had one, because he got very, very injured. Smart. He got injured at the... the I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if it was, smart. It was uh, s- smart. Smart and or lucky. Maybe he was just <laughs> injured. In the case of Shack, I think he played his last match at the ATP Cup or something like that. Mm. Like he stopped playing in January. Uh, filed the papers that he has an injury and then after the pandemic stopped he had a pr and actually it was pretty funny because for a while it was like uh, his ranking was 107 and his pr was 105 but it it actually made all the difference in terms of ron garros main draw last year Mm. i believe yeah so that was quite big so i would assume that 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 was the case with golovic too
2: just quickly, another aspect of, of, of this Galovich PR is that um, I'm not sure why he used it because he's actually ranking is 330 and the last direct acceptance was 329. So if he doesn't use okay. the PR, isn't he the next guy in anyway? I was very confused. Like, I, I spent way too much looking at Galovich <laughs> from this draw. Um, but yeah, should we go for who we've picked? I'm um actually i
1: i'm not sure if we're gonna have the same guy because i'm i still don't know who i picked i'm mean, oh, okay okay i, okay. I kind of know who, you, who who you know who you might be referring to but i also wanted to mention two players that i was really looking at uh, mm. carlos Jimeno valero and pedro Cachin, who yes. played an itf final today uh, in spain uh, at 25k and Jimeno valero won in three uh, my first initial instinct looking at the draw was that maybe I was gonna go for either the winner because he, you know, he's gonna have good momentum, or for the runner up because the winner is gonna be, I don't know, more tired or something. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh I think I'm gonna end up going for probably the guy who you went for. So I guess Nuno Borges?
2: Yeah, we've gone for, yeah. <laughs> we've gone for Nuno Borges. <laughs> I haven't defeated Pedro catching in the final though. So I did think about Yeah. Him.
1: Kachin and Jimena Valero, I think, are, are very good bets to go far here. Uh maybe Holger Rune actually does something, but I, I don't know. Every yeah. time I watch Rune, my, he's
2: struggling physically. So <laughs> my my semifinals are uh, my, my semifinalists who didn't make it to the final were Rune and Gasto Elias. So a, a lot to look at, even though it's it's a severely weakened draw by this by the slam qualifying, but still a a lot to look at for you if you decide to watch this tournament.
1: Yeah. I'm actually curious how much I'm going to watch that, you know, when the are on, when are on qualities are on. Yeah. Probably not that much, honestly, but there are, some, there are a few games here like Rune van Rijtoven or Jimeno Valero-Saczko is interesting too. I mean, there, there's going to be a lot more of them. If, 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 if the semis are as you, as you described, then I would definitely That's watch exactly, every yeah. ball from that. Yeah. <laughs> Like that that that's just the semis that I want really. Uh Chun Hit Senk is playing too. That's maybe that's that may be interesting. Yes. The Ron Garros Jr. champion from two thousand nine was he the champion or who is he the runner up? The champion, right? I Can't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember. He had these uh these three straight some finals in a row. I believe uh, no
2: longer coached by Dominic Rabati. I, oh. I think I saw an announcement a couple of weeks ago. Um he's he's definitely not traveled with him um okay but yeah i don't think that they're uh, that he's coaching thing anymore i might be might be lying though I, Might might have just said something else <laughs> oh uh
1: come when it comes to fact checking i actually checked something that i that i said last week that the Biela tournament director was a relative of napolitano and indeed it is his father
2: <laughs> uh, oh my god it's yeah. his actual dad I cannot believe this, and I also uh,
1: think he's signed up as his coach.
2: That's it's too obvious, like <laughs> quite, quite frustrating. I mean, it, it sort of reminds me a couple of years ago when um, this one guy, Dominik Sproch, used to get all these Slovak wildcards and like straight into um, main draws of of, of, of challengers. And it went on for a good couple of years. He 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 didn't usually get them at at actual Bratislava, but he would get them at and Košice back then. Um, I I don't actually know if he if he was somebody's family or what was going on there, but he was always low ranked than the than the. In the the qualifying wild cards <clears throat> and, and never never won anything quite okay that looks like bad, he hasn't yeah. played since 2018 i oh yeah it's, it's 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 been a while they used to be like you know 2014 2015 is i haven't
1: uh, i have never heard of the guy i can't remember him
2: i i wouldn't blame you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah probably not uh when it comes to Napolitano, I actually read a press release when he was mentioned, you know, there were qu- quotes from his father uh, throughout the, the release. And then there was that uh, the wild cards were, were received by uh, home talent Stefano Napolitano or something like that. I mean, Come on. he isn't bad, but, you know, he, he he's got-
2: twenty, he's 25 and he's like the 30th best Italian player. Yeah, he's he, he's not bad, but clearly this is not his level at this moment.
1: Yeah, especially as he won like one yeah. one match in six events, right? Yeah, against
2: Bolt as well. So <laughs> yeah,
1: he he's received a lot of chances right. this year and hasn't hasn't really you know, managed to make. Yeah, he, managed he's to, missed make almost work.
2: every single shot that he's taken. Um, <laughs> so. uh, okay, that that can be
1: understood him in two ways oh no
2: i yeah I, I was referring to the wayne gretzky quote of you know uh-huh. you you miss every shot that you don't take he misses every shot that he does take of entering okay. a challenger
1: <laughs> okay i i didn't know the quote no 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 you learn something
2: yeah, that used to be day. like all over american high schools that used to be oh, okay. everywhere <laughs>
1: I guess in Canada even worse.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure if Wingretzky ever actually said it, but it's <laughs> always attributed to Wingretzky.
1: Uh, maybe it's one of these, one of these quotes that no one actually yeah. ever said. Both quotes, yeah. I can't, I can't remember anyone any, any quote like that at the moment, it, it frustrates me. But anyhow, we, yeah, we've spent another brilliant half hour talking about tennis and not tennis and some weird stuff. <laughs> But anyhow, we, we we were really successful in the in the you know picking competition this week. You so especially I but... yeah, it's 100%. percent Uh yeah, I'm probably never gonna have a week like that.
2: you are know? probably never going to miss again.
1: I, oh, I think that's what's actually, gonna happen.
2: I, actually it's gonna go the other way where you hit every single one from now on. Yeah, if we <laughs> if we
1: manage to get Borges this week, then then What's going to be Little Rock and Biela? I'm I'm gonna hit for some absolutely. You know, I'm just gonna look at the draw and think who I want to win, and yeah. not who I think will. win. And
2: that, then, that's what I think. I've, that's what I think you've been doing with like Tanasi Kokinakis these sort of past months. So I, I I think it's worked for you. So. <laughs> sort of, but I really thought he was playing much better
1: than than you know than his results would suggest. So. So it was like it was a bit of a preference peak but not not you know not as much as i'm gonna go if we hit with borges this week um uh, <laughs> okay so i guess that's gonna be that's gonna be all from from us i would definitely uh, recommend you to 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 still remember about that OERASH event even if roncarous Qualis and all the all the other two level events are gonna be so exciting and we'll talk about it next week uh, Next week is actually going to be our shortest podcast, I imagine, because we're only going to have one event to follow, uh, to, to, you know, to follow and cover. But actually this week we, you know, we spent a whole, a whole lot of time talking about something completely yeah. different. So strong so maybe... listener
2: question to start. I definitely expect one about the deep, deep depths of Slovak tennis next week. But... <laughs> I mean, Dominik Szproch maybe. The <laughs> yeah, Dominic sproch history is what the next podcast is going yeah. to be. Yeah, <laughs> per-
1: I'm. I would assume that Jan doesn't know Dominic Sproch but maybe I'm. Maybe you, you I'm never wrong. know. Yeah, never maybe know. I'm wrong. He he does watch a lot of ITF tennis too. So maybe maybe
2: he. Actually... That's the thing. He didn't really use to play the ITFs. He was literally just yeah, like just challengers. He would just pop up twice a year to get to to lose 2 in the first round of Poprat tatri. That was literally his job
1: <laughs> okay now i mean that's not about life i mean I, I would like to get <laughs> one <to Poprat Tatry.
2: laughs> Me uh, i mean it, it's in Bratislava now uh which is actually where i used to train that that tennis mm-hmm. club for for a year it, it wasn't my main one but it but it's where i used to do my my morning practices so i expect the wild card very very soon <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay then everyone everyone on other podcast is gonna be like who is this guy and why is he receiving wild cards too <laughs> exactly what's my connection to he's the next dominic bro <laughs> i wish i wish <laughs> okay so i guess we're gonna finish on that uh, thanks thanks for listening and we're gonna see you next week
2: bye
0: Hope all of you enjoyed today's ATP Challenger Recap Podcast. A huge shout-out, as always, to Damian and Jakob for staying on top of the ATP Challenger beat. Sincerely, I cannot imagine two people more well-informed on all of the action that is happening at that level. And again... French Open qualifying features so many players you can see week week in, week out, I should say, on the ATP Challenger level, so of course, perhaps some of these names you're going to be familiar with, and that is a testament to the work Damien Jakob do to cover the Challenger level week in, week out. Of course, there's so much else happening across the tennis world right now. I know the French Open starts next week, but we still have a couple of ATP and WTA warm-up events left to get through. Of course, we've got tons of French Open preview content coming down the pipeline. Don't worry. Yes, I'm in Orlando, but I am well aware college tennis is only part of the equation. So, of course, we've got some catch-up to do in terms of covering all of the pro action. We are going to be doing that this week. You can find all of that content on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. A shout-out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the... Of any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turn of Tennis. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 554 Three seven zero seven to join the Turnagrip family. Another reminder: I am here in Orlando. If you would like to hear my call of the home stretch of these twenty twenty one NCAA Division one men's and women's individual events, you can find every match the rest of the way on our friends with the Tennis One app. Uh, Of course, we're going to have a match highlight of the day, and then as the field narrows, we'll cover it more and more specifically. But don't miss out on the final few days of the twenty twenty one college tennis season. But with that in mind, for our wonderful hosts, Jakob Bobro, Damian Kust, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Turn to Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.